By the way, getting back to now Job. Job is a very difficult book of the Bible to understand. I already have stated that, but I need to state it again. For I was with Brother, Chap- uh, Brother Walton. And I just had an, uh, an answer to prayer before I get into the book of Job. And get that. let me give you another illustration. I, I told you, I asked you all to pray about reaching some women whose husbands are overseas. And we met such a lady today. And I already gave Mrs. Uh, Farron. And but please get that to Mrs. LeClaire as well, because, you know, I told her about you, the different ladies and then the other uh, crystal, anyone else. Get that to these different ones to help help out there. And um, but she says she was saved. When I said, have you ever really been saved? She, I said, did, where did you go to church? And she said uh, she just moved here. Her husband's in Iraq. Uh, First Cav division and doesn't know how long in the world he's going to be over there. And I said, when did you, uh, did you ever get saved? And she just glowed. She just, just glowed. She said, yes, I did. And she wants Bible study. She works a job over at Lax, And so Friday's the night that she's really free. She would have come even, I think, tonight to church, followed us in, in a car. But she had to talk to her husband, who's in Iraq, on the, you know, whatever that is, email or something. Um, she was wanting to talk to him tonight. And that's understandable. Praise the Lord. Amen. They two shall be one flesh. So she wants to come to church. And so you ladies, that's an answer to prayer. I was praying that we could reach some of these ladies. Now, here's a lady who needs help. She wants to learn the Bible in a better fashion, how to live for God. And just let's, let's work on that. Work on that. And um, by the way, um, just, a, just a, a thought. I don't know if it was Brother Renee. I think it was Brother Renee. He's, we learned a lot of things from him, didn't we? About fasting. That was good for me. I'm doing it now. I wasn't doing it before he came. Amen? Fasting twice a week. That's good for me. We're supposed to restrain ourselves. Amen? Hello? My boy Stephen said, you fast all day? Those two days? I said, yes, try it. You'll like it. It's not very difficult, Steve. We do need to discipline ourselves. And uh, so, Brother Rene uh, mentioned this fact about fasting. Now, what was the other thing I was going to bring up? Oh, well, about the women. You know what he said? And we need to do that, didn't we, Sister Steve? He says, I look just the shoulders and above the shoulders. Mm-hmm. That was needful for that precious lady. But she knows Jesus. She needs help. Weren't we all like that at one time? I mean, she did need some clothes for two guys. And Brother Steve says, Brother Steve went over here on the side, hide behind me. But good thing when that comes up. Listen, uh, the Lord can change people. And just I, just, I determined I was going to look. I was going to look at her face. and was not going to look down below. Amen? Hello? Good idea for you fellas. We still got to go door to door. We can't go... And hide somewhere. We've got to go reach them. And Jesus brought the woman of the well to himself. We better go and reach him too. Amen. What that answer to prayer? Answer to prayer. Getting back to Job. Very difficult situation. We were coming back. And I just read in the commentaries. And I think our brother said that J. Vernon McGee or someone else said that all three of those ones who were Job's supposed comforters. They did come with the right intent to begin with. We covered that Wednesday night. But J. Vernon McGee or brother, uh, well, who was the one over there in 
Was he the one that brought that up? Um, Affman? Fred Affman? And he thought that all three of them were, <laughs> they needed to know God. And what was the three? Yeah, he said, he said that they didn't know Job and, and Brother Affman, and he said they didn't know God, and they didn't know, huh? What? They didn't know God the way they thought they knew God. They didn't know a lot about God. And then they didn't know themselves. And what? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know? I read another commentator, and you know what he said. So this is with the difficulty of Job now. This fits in. This fits, friends. Don't think, oh, I've got the book of Job down now. You need help. Hello. I don't think anybody's got the book of Job down. But we can learn some good things from it. And most of the commentators do believe that the, the great patience he has and is spoken of in James was a problem in that after the testing was going on and on and on, that there was a lack of patience in some regards. But boy, he was sure extremely patient. The Bible depicts him as such. But that these three men, these supposed comforters, this commentator, it was either Matthew Henry or those that were writing in the biblical illustrator, and they said, as soon as God spoke to those three men and said, you go to my servant Job and you get seven beasts and take your burnt offerings there and Job, him will I respect. And he will pray for you. And you know what they did? They immediately did what God said and took their offerings to Job. And so this commentator said, he thought they were, that they knew God. But they were wrongly judging the man of God, Job. Don't we do that at times ourselves? So I don't know the answer. Maybe Brother Affman, Dr. Affman, I talked to him about the King James Bible when he was down at Bob Jones. You know what he told me? He said, Brother Harvey, he said, those people, when they wrote that King James Bible, there was such a dread and fear of God to tamper or to alter the Word of God in any fashion. He said, I would surely put my, my strength and my confidence in those rather than these glib, light, I don't think he's used exactly those words, but these careless translators of today. That's what my wife and I were talking about today. No fear of God before. Listen, anybody translates this Holy Bible, they better have a dread of changing one word in God's word. Or I, don't want even, I don't want even touching my Bible. And praise God, these men feared God. They were the best scholars in the land as well. But uh, Dr. Affman told me that. So <laughs> he may be the one that's right on that. Maybe the others. The truth of the matter is, the book of Job is not easy to understand. And make sure you don't just take a verse anywhere and say, I'm going to apply this. It might be those words that were spoken of by one of those three supposed friends of Job. And God said they did not speak right like my servant Job or as my servant Job. It said both times in the 42nd chapter, I believe it is, the last chapter. And so Job spoke the right thing. But Job wasn't perfect either. He was perfect in God, perfect in Christ. But he wasn't perfect in the same way as our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, is perfect. All right. I want to go on with my message in regard to Job, a type of Christ. Job, a type of Christ. 
He brought birth to ten more children. Isn't it amazing? They were exactly the same numbers. Hello? The same gender. Same sex. Seven sons and three daughters. Now you try that for again. I'd like to know what the odds are of having that two different times. Most likely by the same wife. No implication that she died. God gave him back twice as many and all the same. And his daughters that says they were beautiful, most beautiful in the land, the three daughters. And so he brought birth. And our Christ, he brought birth, birth to a whole royal nation. We're a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. We are his people. The church of the living God, Jew and Gentile, neither Jew nor Gentile, but the church. All getting in by the new birth. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And Christ and Job lived 140 more years, the Bible says in 42. Job 42, verse 16. Christ ever liveth, though, to make intercession for us. By the way, Job, I don't even have that in here. Job was a great intercessor. He prayed for his friends, and as he prayed for his friends, when he prayed for his friends, his captivity was lifted. It says, as our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, prayed on the Mount of Transfiguration, as he prayed, his countenance was changed. As you and I pray, our countenance will change. Our outlook will change. You need to pray and I need to pray because God needs to change us. Prayer will change you. Not only change your circumstances and give answers to your prayers, it'll change you. So you can give God glory after it's all over with. Prayer. He says pray because we need to pray. We just better obey that as we said this morning. By the way, Job was in, oh, I do have it here. Job was an intercessor earlier, and then, and later, after his trials, he became an intercessor. Christ was, is, and is, was, and shall be our great go-between, our great intercessor. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by or through me. Jesus said, By me, you'll enter in. That's the only way you'll get in, too. What did he say to Peter? He said, Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. Aren't you glad Jesus is praying for you, believer friend? He's not only living inside you in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's praying for you. If he prayed for Peter, he loves me as much as he loved Peter. Amen? Who knows? I might be as good a preacher as Peter. I I know I couldn't be as Paul. I mean, Paul was eloquent. Paul was a genius. And yet they said his speech was contemptible. Apollos was eloquent. I believe Peter was powerful, pungent. Everybody likes their own kind of preacher, don't they? Hmm? Christ is the great preacher. He needs to preach through the preacher. 
To us, he's our intercessor, though. We needed an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He's our advocate. And then uh, Job was helpful. Look at Job chapter 29, verse 12. Job was helpful. We need to be helpful. You remember the man that came up to Pilgrim? And he said, oh, God, I'm in such trouble. I don't know what to do. I need help. And, oh, God, what am I going to do? I'm so much in need of help. And all of a sudden, the man comes bouncing down the road. And he says, oh, and he, said, and he greeted Christian. And he said, what be thy name? He said, my name is help. Oh, you're the one I've been looking for. <laughs> when you ask for help, you'll get help. And we all need help. Sometimes we need more help than other times, but we all need help. And so just be a helper for somebody. Amen. Be there for somebody. 29 verse 12 of Job. Because I delivered the poor that cried and the fatherless and him that had none to help him. Be a helper. Help people along. And Christ helped everyone. Christ is the great helper. Job was kind, but Jesus was all kind. He was kind to everybody. Job was sorry for his sins and he repented. And he said, I am vile when God spoke to him out of the whirlwind and told about his power and his majesty and his glory and his wisdom. And when God tells any of us about all of his glory and wisdom and everything, we will have to come up and say, I am vile. What does it say in, in Isaiah 6? When I saw, then I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Then I said, woe is me! When you see God in all of his glory, Christ in all of his wonder and power, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Priests, the creator of everything. And all of a sudden you say, woe is me, for I am undone, or you'll cry out like Job, I am vile. But Job repented. Christ died for our sins. He had none of his own to repent of. He's the Savior. Job prayed for his enemies. Job 42, verse 10. Let's look at that for a moment. 42, verse 10. We already mentioned that. And the Lord turned, uh, and the, Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before? Who knows how long it took for God to give it back to him. He sure took it away quickly, and the same God could give it back to you quickly as well. He's a great and a glorious God. When he prayed for his enemies, Job was a Savior to many, but Christ is a Savior to all mankind. Job thought he would die in the prime of his life, when he was at the height of his prosperity and the glory of God was on his, on his presence. But he didn't die, did he? But Christ did die. He didn't just think he was going to die. Christ died. And he died in his young prime of life, 33 and a half years old. The Lord Jesus died. And went on to glory. Resurrected himself. Took his life back, he said in John 10. I have power to lay it down, I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. 32. Job was close to death because he was righteous. 
And Christ died for us, and He is righteousness itself. We learned that earlier. Christ is our righteousness, our wisdom, our sanctification, and our redemption in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, I believe it is. And then Job honored and obeyed his parents. I need to just camp out here for a good while. You young people better honor your father and your mother. That was so good on Friday night that they were giving thanks to their parents. That was good. Giving thanks to others. I think David said, if I'm anything at all, it's because my mom and dad and the Lord made it so. Listen, some of you here, you don't understand how rebellious David was. Well, a long time ago, he was a little rebel. And his mom and daddy jumped on him and beat him and beat him until he squared away. I mean, his daddy knows how to do that. And I saw that boy change about. I saw him, some Pastor Hammond's nodding his head. I mean, that kid, he was a terror. So that's not the David I know. Well, you haven't been around long enough. God, change, God can do great things when people get saved and they get God conscious. Hello? God can change him. And was, you know what? As soon as he got changed around, I told his parents, I said, boy, the Lord's done a wonderful work in his heart. And then we even told David, boy, God's done some good in your heart, David. You used to be a little rebel. Can you picture David? Huh? William's that? Like that? He was a rebel, friends. So there's hope for your kids. Hello? I'm telling you, he was a rebel. By the way, Christiana, she, didn't, she wouldn't smile at me for about three years, would she? And all of a sudden, now she just smiles at me all the time. And maybe got on her, too. Huh? Maybe they spanked her like you should have been, Mom and Daddy. You wouldn't have had so many problems in your life. Hello? I'll tell you what, David, David Williams didn't change because of his parents talking to him in love and kindness. He really, really spanked the fire out of him. And it worked. Mm-hmm. It worked on me. Why would you think it wouldn't work on your children? Kind of working in the Grab family. Hmm? There was a time when those children were not so sweet. They'd fall down on the floor and hold their breath like my boy Stephen did. He did. He fell down on the floor and held his breath right in the middle of the floor. I waited till he came to, and then I whipped a fire on him. I beat him and I said, don't you ever do that again! You know what? He never did it again. If I'd have said, don't ever do that again and not whipped him good, I'll tell you what, he thought, you know, synonymous with falling over and holding your breath was another spanking, a beating. Amen? He didn't like the beating, so he had, smart boy. You know, I don't do that ever, ever again. Hmm? Spare the rod and spoil the child every time. You say, well, I'll just spoil this one. Well, you know what? Spoiled fruit's no good, right? And a spoiled child is no good. He'll embarrass you. Or he'll, by the way, you got to watch, you should really watch children. When you, when you discipline children, listen, I've had six of them. Don't you tell me all about all this. I've been there. I said, I've been there. I've had children try to get around you, get around daddy, sly around them. I'll tell you what you do well. You, you spank that child. I don't care how old they are. And you look at them and you watch their eyes. And they start cutting their eyes. And 
getting that sly look. Well, you didn't really beat me. Boy, they need some more. I said, they need some more. You say, well, they're so big now. Yes, that's why there's mom and daddy to make sure if, if, if you can't do it alone, just both of you. I'm not saying, amen, you make sure that no social service people around. Amen. No weak Christians around. Hello. <laughs> Any Christian that would turn, to, turn other parents in because of supposed abuse on their children, those parents need a whipping today. Hello. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you say. It's wicked. Though the responsibility of those parents, I'm talking about unless you are just unbelievable. Amen. Taking some metal chain or something or whatever. I don't agree with all that. The Bible says a rod. But a rod is a rod. It's a thin dowel off a tree. Amen? And hello? That will work. That'll work on your girls, too. Huh? There was a day when people thought, all girls are just so, you know, gentle, and they, you know, they always do right. And <laughs> Not my girls. My first girl was my, she was the worst one I ever had. Mm-hmm. My first boy wasn't near as bad. Bringing him up. Not even Stephen. The one that fell on the floor and held his breath. No, he, he, he didn't like spankings. Boy, those girls, you know, they'll smile at you and a little rebellion in their heart. You can't break me. You know, and they'll start squalling and you haven't even touched him yet. Huh? Come on. They just know they're going to get it and they start squalling like they're going to die and they haven't even gotten one hit yet. Not one time. Hmm? The Bible says don't spare for their crying. It says the rod of correction will drive. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a teenage girl. Preteen girl, surely. Hello? A boy. Preteen boy. Ooh. Huh? Sister, all your children are angels, aren't you? They're looking pretty angelic right now, but you've seen them at other times, haven't you? <laughs> Amen? Huh? Come on now. Smile at me. And you don't hurt the child. You don't, you don't try to bruise him. You don't try to do any of that. Amen. You just do what the Bible says. And it'll work. Don't use your hand. Your hand. Uh, my, I used to use my hand because I didn't know any better. Some other relatives, they used a paddle. A paddle, it doesn't say a paddle. It says a rod. A paddle's like a club. You might hit them in the wrong way and hurt them. You really might. I mean, this thick they were using it on my grandchildren, not these, but my other, they, they know better. They're living close to me. I mean, they had a big paddle. I said, that's a club. Don't use it on my grandchildren. The Bible says a, a rod, you know? You know what I mean? Hello? And it'll sting, but it won't, it won't hurt their bones or anything else, but it'll make a mine. As I said so many times, I'll say it again. You don't use a club on a horse. Why would you use it? On your children. You use, you know what they use? Have you ever seen what they use on a horse? A big horse. A big horse. I know they got a bit in their mouth. And sometimes you'd like a bit in your children's mouths. Amen? They don't know when to be quiet. But what do you use with? They use that. Boy, that works on that horse, doesn't it? Controls that big hunk of flesh. Now, you don't think it'll work on your child? It'll work. But you won't hurt the horse with that, that rod, and you won't hurt your child with that rod physically. In fact, it'll deliver him from hell. He obeyed his parents. 
Job died being old and full of days. It says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, that it may be well with thee. You want things to go well with you? Honor your parents. All your days, honor your parents. Don't you dare talk back to them. You say, well, I'm becoming a man. Then act like it. And obey. Honor your father and mother. While you're under their roof, obey them. But you always honor them. Never talk to your parents, your father, like he's your buddy. Hello? He's your father. You speak to him with reverence and honor. And say, get over here, Dad. Ah. You ask me to come over there. Amen? You be polite to me. You honor me. You reverence me. Don't you talk back to me. Why? Because I'm always right? No, because I'm father. Amen? That's the reason. Honor thy father and thy mother. By the way, you, you fathers, you better make sure those children obey your wife in your absence. Amen? Some of you soldiers, you have to be gone a long time. Those wives have to take care of those children. So you can't leave all the discipline to the man. You can't do it. You have to do some of it at home, ladies. Ask God for help. By the way, Jesus Christ honored and obeyed his mother and his guardian, Joseph, and his father, God Almighty. He tells us that in Luke 5, uh, 2. Luke 2, 51. Look there for a moment. Luke 2, 51. These are the types. Luke 2, verse 51. I believe that's the verse. And do you honor your father and your mother? I still honor my mother. I thank God for, but I honor with my speech. It says in verse 40, 52, is it 51 of uh, Luke chapter 2, it says, Luke 2, verse 51, and he went down with them. This is after he was in the temple. And he said, Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business. Maybe he pointed to heaven, to his heavenly father. He was in the temple. They tried, went back and found him, and it says, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. Sub means under them. Subject to them, unto them. But his mother and his father kept, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Job honored his parents. So if you want to be like Jesus, like Job and like Jesus, and you want a double portion of God's blessing, blessings, much like the double blessing that came on Elisha when Elijah went up to heaven, Job got a double portion of wealth and honor and respect. Then you better honor your father and your mother. Verse 34, Job gave to the poor. Look at Job 29.12. We already read that, but it's a good one to read again. Because I delivered the poor that cried and the fatherless and him that had none to help. And then the other verse is 13b. Look at 13b. It says here, and I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. Here he was falsely accused by his friends about all kinds of things. Christ sent Judas the treasure to give to the poor and the fatherless often. And then the widow of Nain, Christ, raised her from the dead. The son of the widow of Nain. And then Job did, did not love money. Look at 31, 24. 31, 24. If I have made gold my hope, 
or have said to, uh, to the fine gold, Thou art my confidence. What does he say? We need to read the rest of that verse to get the whole gist there. If I have rejoiced because my wealth was great and because mine hand had gotten much. Then he says down here, I think he says, let his, let his uh, shoulder fall out and everything else. Over and over again, he just said, I do not love money. I don't love things. The Bible says we're to love God who gave us everything. Christ, Jesus, our Savior, loved the Father and loved the brethren and loved the lost, and he didn't love things. So we should do like Jesus. And Job did not think or say evil or wish evil to his enemies even. And Christ did not think or say evil or wish evil even to his enemies. It says, love thine enemies. Pray for thine enemies. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. How much more should we pray for our brethren and for one another? I remember a lady in our church up in the North Country. And surely we had all kinds of battles then. I was younger, very foolish and stupid at times. Shame on me, but I was trying to do the right thing. But I remember one lady came up and said, how can you even take communion? My heart was clean. I guess hers wasn't clean toward me. I guess she had animosity in her heart toward me. I didn't have any animosity toward her. And her son liked my, da- my, her son liked my first daughter. And she said, you think your daughter's too good for my son? We did think our daughter was too good for their son. What are you going to do? Huh? So she couldn't take communion. I could take communion. Listen, it doesn't help you to be, have bitterness in your heart one for another. Just get it out of there. Listen, you, cannot, you and I cannot be right with God if we're not right with our brother. Hello? Are you know that? I came down from up in New York after that episode, and I called that person back, and I said, and I, I'm serious, I believe that they did, they did more wrong than I ever did in that battle. And I called her back, and I said, I'm sorry. If anything I did, listen, you better have things right with other people. You say, why'd you call her, not her husband? Because, you know, she was the boss in the home. Everybody knew that. Her husband was a nice guy, but she was the, she was the, the leader. That's not right, is it? But I told her, I said, I did anything wrong. If I said anything wrong, I'm sorry. Hmm? Pretty, it takes a pretty big man to say you're sorry. Even if you didn't think you did anything wrong, necessarily, right? But it'd be good for you to do that. I said it'd be good for you to do that. I said it'd be good for you to do that. Amen? amen. Brother Newburn, Newburns, Dormanies, amen? Estes, right? Washburns, uh, McVaney's, Bluehorns. Lightsies? Huh? Hamelins? Ferrens? Huh? I'll leave someone out. Uh, let's see. Oh, even the Millers. You better do it extra, brother, as strong as you are. <laughs> I remember one day when Brother Miller said I had to go back to somebody. I think you were the one, maybe. You know, he's never wrong, you know, Brother Miller. His wife. I think it was, it was either him or someone else. Oh, maybe it was Brother Farron. I think it was maybe Brother Farron. He said, I had to go back to my uh, superiors and say I was sorry. It wasn't right. My attitude wasn't right. 
takes a big, big man to do that, Brother Farron. Very few people know how to do that. That's a good trait. Good trait. When you're wrong to admit it, come right up and say it to people. I'm sorry if I offended you. Whether you're right or wrong. And sometimes our attitude isn't right, is it? Huh? All the families. That means everyone. Every one of us. Amen? Job had to do it. Job was the most righteous man. In the, he said, I am vile. He repented before God. But you're not right with God until you get right with your brother. Hmm? By the way, you know what you always do when you're not right with your brother? You want to get away from him. Hello? And you need to get closer to him. Amen? Amen? Oh, oh, I want to get away from him. Huh? That's the devil telling you to get away from that person. I'm going, to go, I'm going to move somewhere else. That's not the answer. The answer is face your problem, get, your, get the thing settled in your heart with that brother, and then go on and business for God. Amen. Hello? You're not going to walk in this world and not have friction. If you're going to do anything for God, you're going to have friction. Just face it. You have friction at work. Why would you think you wouldn't have any friction in the church? You're a baby Christian. Wake up. Grow up. Learn to say you're sorry. Because you're not always right, are you? You think that Logan and Lane always be right. Lindsay, now Lindsay's always going to be right. Hmm, With a smile like that, you'll see a smile on her face now. That's a pretty girl. But her prettiness might get her in trouble. Because all these boys might be like my first daughter. She's a knockout. They were drooling over her worse than they were Linda, and you know how pretty that girl is. I almost feel badly going to the store when my wife's gone with Linda sitting next to me. If I had all my hair on my head, I don't think I'd do it. But they might think that I'm her father. Hmm? If I was in a little town somewhere, I'd probably sit in the back seat. Unless they'd get something started about me. Hello? But beauty can be a problem. Because so many people see the outside beauty, but they don't see the inside beauty. They're not looking for the inside beauty. They're looking for flesh instead of spirit. Hello? Hmm? But it's still nice to be pretty. And only Jesus can make you pretty. So keep smiling, Lindsay. Amen? Hello? And by the way, there's hope for all of you. Even you that think you're not very pretty. Because some boy or some girl will think you're pretty whether you are or not. Hello? Amen? Cheer up. Do what you can with what you have. And just love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Lord, take I don't know why I got on that. But listen, I'm telling you, you cannot be right with God until you're right with your brother or your sister. Hmm? And you know what you'll do? Your bitterness will destroy you. It will not destroy the person who's got it right. It'll destroy the person 
who is always, by the way, if you have animosity in your heart towards someone else, you know what your problem is? The devil will keep putting things in your mind about what's, what they're doing wrong and their attitude's wrong and uh, they don't act right, they don't dress right, they don't look right, they, they are doing this wrong, they're doing that. The devil will fill all that because your heart is not right with that person. Hello? I don't care who it is. Huh? I don't care if it's Mrs. Farron. Mrs. Farron, she's just plumb perfect, isn't she? He's smiling, but he's got a nice grin. He's got a beautiful grin there, brother. Amen. He, he thinks you're near perfect, sister. That's what I gathered from that beautiful smile. But listen, if you, if you got out of sorts with Mrs. Farron, you know what I mean, or Brother Farron, you know what? The devil bring all this stuff to your mind. You know, and, they're, and you know what? They're, they're, glo- they're, they're, they're coming along for God. They're growing in grace and knowledge. Amen. Couldn't we have found a lot wrong with the, the Hamlins? You only came to church Sunday morning. You didn't even come to Sunday school, did you? come to Sunday school. Oh, they came to Sunday morning church. And that wasn't every Sunday, sure enough. That wasn't ever, every Sunday. And all of a sudden now, they come Sunday school, Sunday morning. Amen. Brother Hamlin, most of the time when he's able, he's out here, you know, he's out here praying with us on, on Sunday morning now. Came Sunday, Sunday, uh, Saturday night when we had Saturday night. Comes to all the things now. Amen. Now, Brother Henry, when you came in here, you were coming to everything. But that wasn't true, Brother Hamlin. So you could say, oh, Brother Hamlin, I... I know he's got some secret sin in his life. It's like Job. Hmm? And he said something to me anyhow, and I just know he's not right with God. Boy, before you're through, within three months, you'll have 25 accusations against Brother Hamlin or his wife or his kids. It's that red hair. I know what they are. They're Irish. They're Irish. I know it. They've got Irish blood. And every Irishman has got a temper. That's what it is in the home. Huh? Oh, no, it's Polish blood. Oh, they got Polish blood. I know. They're stubborn. I pastored a whole church of Polish people. If you have Polish blood and you just thank the Lord that you're not full-blooded. Hello. And if you are, Jesus will save you and use you and bless you one of the most intelligent pastors I've ever met was Polish, almost 100%. What a dedicated man he was. And a genius. A genius. Amen? Oh, I know. I know that brother. He's a German. He's a German. He's got too much of that blood that came in that line to Hitler. I know. Oh, and Hitler had some Jewish blood in him, too. So he's got a little Jewish blood in him and German blood. I know. You know, I know. I think he's related to Phil, Philip, uh, Phil, not Phil Kissinger. What's that other Kissinger? Henry Kissinger. He was the Antichrist, you know, for years. He was. He was the Antichrist. He's still alive. Is he still alive? He's still alive, isn't he? He's not the Antichrist. Oh, but he's a Jew and everything, and if you're not careful, amen, I mean, some people would be easier to find fault with them than others because some people, they just, they're not as, as just forward about things and just outgoing. They're quieter people. Make sure. You know what Job did? When he prayed for his friends, his captivity was lifted. God sent these three people to him, and they went immediately. So maybe they were 
Maybe they weren't, were not so awfully evil as it was. Maybe they just they sat there for seven days and listened to the devil for seven whole days, and pretty soon they say that this could not be, this situation could not be without sin in the life of Job. That's what they came up with, didn't they? All three of them. No, start trying to find something good in other people and get things straight. Oh, it says in Job 31, 15, Job says, I was feet to the lame. And the Lord Jesus Christ, praise God, he miraculously healed the lame of their lameness. And then Job was hated. He was hated. 31, 29. Did we read that already? 31, 29. I think that's the one. If I rejoiced at the destruction of him that hated me, or lifted up myself, when evil found him, Job didn't hate these people, but they hated him. And they hated Christ. They say, it says they hated me without a cause. They hated me, they'll hate you. By the way, Job sat as a king, and Jesus is our king. 29.25. 29.25. Talks about him being a king. I chose out their way and sat chief and dwelt as a king in the army. He was as a king in the army. As one that comforteth the mourners. But Jesus is king. Job had honor. Oh, look at this, and wisdom. Look with me to Job 28, 28. Job 28, 28. It says, And unto him he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. He had wisdom. And then 28, 18. Look back there. No mention shall be made of coral and of pearls. For the price of wisdom, Job says, is above rubies. We've heard a sermon by our dear brother Chris Beard on that recently. 29, 7. 29, verse 7. When I went out to the gate through the city, when I prepared my seat in the street... And then it says in Proverbs chapter 1 through chapter 4, it talks about Christ is our wisdom. And in 1 Corinthians 1, 30, Christ is our wisdom. So he's our wisdom. My, our time is going away from us. I want to get back to another thing. And I want to reiterate it because we don't listen too well. We better listen to the word of God. You can't even go to bed ill with your husband and wife and get your prayers answered. How in the world do you think you can be ill with some other Christian in the church for months and months and months and you get your prayers answered and your life be a blessing? You are fooling yourself. You need to get things right with other people and don't wait months and months and months and months to do it. Don't wait until you get cornered either. Hello? Of your own volition, your own will say, I... I don't know if I, if I said something wrong. I don't know if I did anything wrong. I don't know what. I know there's something between you and me, and I don't want that something between you and me. Come clean. The Bible says open rebuke is better than secret love. Right, Learn to live with your brothers and sisters. 
Don't harbor up ill will toward your brother and sister, your pastor, your pastor's wife, Mr. Hammonds, Mrs. Hammonds, or anyone else in the church. It's wrong. It's evil. It's evil. How can we expect the blessings of God when we harbor ill will? Even if you don't think you've done anything to them, maybe you just know you haven't done anything to them. Well, still, you need to have things right with one another. Hello? Are you a big enough person to say, I have sinned? Don't go around saying, well, I didn't do it. I didn't really do it. I didn't really. That's the wrong attitude. If I've done anything to offend you, even if I, if, even if, that's what I, when I called back to that person up there in New York, I called back and I said, I said, I'm sure that I said some things that maybe weren't said in the right way or this or that, but if I've done anything to offend you, I'm sorry. And then you know what? You ought to go beyond that, friend. You ought to go beyond that. Because there might be financial things. You better pay. You better pay back if people think you owe money. Some people thought I owed them money. I gave them a whole thousand dollars. It took me a long time, many years, to give them $1,000. Finally they, finally, they wrote me and said, you don't owe anything to us anymore. I kept giving them $100, $100 times because I felt like they still had ill will toward this pastor and my wife and my family. And I have that, I have that in my file. My wife doesn't even know it. I have that in my file. You don't owe us anything more. But it was over $1,000 I gave back to him. And I didn't have the money to give him. You better have things right with other people. Whether you did wrong or not. If they even think you did them wrong, you ought to do your best to make things right. Dr. Duffus Price had a school and a church and, and the whole thing went under. And he felt such an obligation. Did you know that, brother? Dr. Dolphus Price, what a preacher. Do you hear him in our temple? What a preacher. My brother-in-law, uh, 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 Gus Dowdy, he said, I, I'd drive 100 miles to hear Dolphus Price preach. What a preacher he was. And his son is uh, Bradley, I think. They're all related, aren't they? He's got three or four sons that are preachers. And he, the whole school went under and he paid back thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that he didn't have to pay back. Because he led the people. He led the people. And the whole thing went to the dogs. Who are they going to blame? They're going to blame the preacher. Now, do you think they had much to say after he paid back all those thousands of dollars that he didn't have? I think all of a sudden, their talk evaporated. Hmm? But it won't evaporate from Lynchburg if they don't make an effort to pay it back. Pastor, right over here in the early part of this ministry, he said, I put money into that. And he said, we never got our money back. They're having another meeting about it. That was about 10 years ago. He said, I, I lost my money, and all the bondholders lost their money. And you know what they went on? Just like they went on buying other stuff, just like nothing happened. You know what it is? That's unchristian. I said, that's unchristian. I said, that's unchristian. If your brother thinks you did him wrong, you ought to be doing everything to pay those bondholders back. 
So they have no accusation against the Lord Jesus Christ, nor the minister of the gospel. He said they send us $5 bills. Five and $10 bills. And yet they're building all these big buildings and all the rest of it. See, it's wrong because they should be, giving them, they should be sending them $100 bills or $50 or $100 bills or $200 or $300 bills so they could take that money and put it into another ministry. I'm talking about a pastor over here. He used to pastor Trinity Baptist Church, Southern Baptist Church over here on Harker Heights. He was a retired chaplain. That's what he told me. He acted like, what is, what is that fellow who's the pastor over there in Lynchburg doing with my money? with the people's money that we all invested. And then there's Dr. Dolphus Price, and he's doing the best to pay it all back and make sure his testimony is clear. When he died, his testimony, I'm sure, is just as clear as clear could be. Those people could have said, well, they all left you, Dolphus. It was their fault. They left you with the whole thing. Yes, but he thought that he should try to do something. The honorable Christian thing to do. By the way, that's one of the great reasons in this church that I don't, I don't, I don't sign anything. Hello? And the men, they make a decision all together. Hello? Otherwise, they blame Pastor Harvey. So if we, we do anything in this church, we're all together. We have to be unanimous. We have an off meeting for you that just joined, our dear brother. You're just as much a member. Your vote's just as good as mine or Pastor Hammond's. We're still the leaders. But if, you, if we were going to go and buy some new property next door here and, and you didn't feel like, and you were in the meeting that night, and you didn't feel like it was God's will at this time, or you didn't feel like it's God's will at all, then we'd have to table the thing. That's the way our business is being run right now, this time. I think that's good. Then they can't say, oh, Pastor Harvey got us into that. We were all emotional, and look what we did. Now we're going under. Huh? Did you know this church bought, we, we took all of our $35,000 and bought a piece of property over on, on uh, Onion Road and then we couldn't build a church there. It was just for residents. Our attorneys messed us up, but we all voted together. And you know what? We sold that property and made money on it. Put it up, gave it to realtors and made money on it. Some realtor bought it and we ended up with more money than we had before, more than the 35000 to put on the property over here. But I'm so glad it was 100% that we were going to buy that, and it wasn't Pastor Harvey or Pastor Hammonds. He couldn't stand that either. It was all of us together. Are you with me? Hello? Be honorable. Oh, I didn't even put that one down here. He was, he was honest. We have the word integrity in the Bible. I don't even think that's one of these 60-some points, and it seems like our time is about going here. So we'll have to stop, won't we? I'm not going to finish these others up. I have three more pages so we didn't get to that maybe we'll go on to the next Sunday Job is a type of Christ Job said I am their song and their byword look at just, look at just two more of these and we'll stop right there okay two, two more Job 30 verse 9 Job 30 verse 9 and now am I their song and am their by, yea I am their byword do you want to be their byword do you want to be someone's song and they're all singing a song about oh job was rich but now he's poor job is no good at all 
Job is a thief and a robber. Job doesn't care for poor people. He's taken all the widow's money. Oh, Job, oh, Job. What a terrible man Job is. Here was their song. They made up a song about him. The byword. But oh, their song flew away when God came in through that whirlwind. and said, my servant Job has spoken right. And all his relatives, and they all came and brought him a piece of gold. Said, Job, we're going to set you back up in business. God has talked to our hearts, and we were wrong about the whole thing. We, you're, going to, you're coming back, Job! Boy, can you see when he, can you see when he, he all, all of a sudden, he start passing, he, man, Job, you've got, you've got more than you had before! We've heard about your herds lately. Isn't God blessing you? Oh, yes, God's good. And God's extra good to those that are righteous and retain their integrity and don't curse God. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. I know that my Redeemer liveth. Boy, faith speaks. And he was a righteous man. Righteous man. Our last one is Job cried to God. But it was like earlier, it was like nobody heard. Nobody heard. This was a test for Job. You know, we all get tested. The trial of your faith being much more precious than gold which perisheth. But you don't like to be tested, do you? We don't like to be tested. We don't like to have our body sick. Do you realize how hard this must have been for Job? After all this death in his family, all this losing everything, bankruptcy, and then trying to get on top of things and his whole body had boils from the top of his head to the sole of the sea. Mm. He's just scraping himself. Can you see him scraping himself? Scraping all these boils. When his friends came to see him, he looked so bad. By the way, there's another part. I don't even have that. It says Jesus was so marred more than any man. And Job, didn't he look a sight? Can you see him? They, they said, this is Job? We saw him when he was well. Wow, we he's, he's so puffed up all over the place. He's just all puffed up and boils everywhere. What a sight is that? Is th that's Job's voice. He's the same height. Look at him. He's the one that they all honored and stood aghast the young, and they honored him and stood up when he walked into town. This is the wealthiest man of the East. This is the godly man that all the nobles stood up. And this is, is this Job? It's his voice. Don't get too close to him. He stinks. Puss. Everything. Can you imagine the sight? Boils. How many have ever had a boil? How many have ever had a boil? I just, had, I just had one on the side here, and my dad took me to the doctor and had it lanced. Man, how'd you like to have them all over, you, all over your head and your hands and your arms and your legs and your feet? He said all the way from the sole of his feet to the top of his head, he's nothing but boils. Was it painful or was it painful? Was it ugly or was it awful ugly? But my Jesus was ugly on the cross, but beautiful to us. Oh, the fairest of 10,000. So marred more than any man. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine after Job got back into it, he got his double portion back and he got everything back and his wife started had, having babies again. Praise God, children. 
coming back. And Job's coming back. He was down, but Job's coming back. Man, you, if you only saw him when we went there to comfort him. Oh, did God do a great work. We were wrong. I was wrong about what I said. God told me out of the whirlwind, spoke to me, and, and my, I had to bring offerings because of my sin of criticizing my brother, making false statements about my dear brother, my dear sister. You know what Jesus cried? He cried, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Even God turned his back on. It looked like God turned his back on Job. All God did is he turned Job over to Satan. And God, and Job couldn't see that it was Satan and God was turning him. We don't see it all, do we? As we look back, we see it all, but we don't see it all when we're going through it. I don't think anybody sees much of anything when they have boils from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. Now, what did he have? I don't know. He thought he was going to die, but he didn't die. But my Jesus said, my God. He didn't say my father. Always he was talking to his father, but now he says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me because of our sin? That's why. God could not look at the sin that Jesus was bearing on the cross. He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Our Father, we thank thee for the word. Thank thee for thy love for us, O God. Help us, Lord. To be like Job, for Job was like Jesus. Help us to be like Jesus, for he is God. Help us, dear Lord, to be like we ought to be one to another. Shame on us, our Father, when we go on and on and we hide. Hide the feelings that we have one for another. And we're not open with one another. Dear Lord, that's not right. Forgive us of our sin. Dear Lord, help us to have shared accounts with thee and with others. We thank thee that these three men, as soon as, dear Lord, thy Holy Spirit spoke to their hearts and you spoke to them out of the whirlwind, Lord, they went right to Job. They got, they got their offerings immediately. The offerings were opened up. And dear Lord, you said when Job prays for you. And so they, they went and Job prayed for them. They, God knew that Job would pray for them. God knew that Job would, was the acceptable one and he would have the humility to pray for those that were so unjustly ridiculing the man who was down and out and almost gone. And we thank thee for the great resurrection of our Savior. Thank thee for the great resurrecting the second chance and the third and the fourth and the tenth and so many hundreds of chances that thou hast given us to get things right. Dear Lord, help us to not go to bed at night with any animosity in our heart toward our brother, our wife, or husband, or our brother or sister, or toward our mother or father. Dear Lord, these teenagers will not be blessed if they have ill will toward their mother or their father. Help them to get things right with their parents and to honor them, and not dishonor them by being sly and doing things behind their backs. May they confess that they did wrong, if they do. Dear Lord, may we even tell our children, if we've made a mistake, Lord, give us the strength and help us to be big enough 
to tell our children, may we not do it all the time, our Father, that's not wise either. But may we be big enough to say, I didn't make a good decision there. You need to pray for your daddy and mama, like you should. Dear Lord, help us to realize that there's greatness in humility. There's greatness in, in submission. 